Amen. You can have a seat. Well, welcome everyone and Merry Christmas in case no one's told you that yet. My name is Matt. I'm one of the teachers here at Northside. I get the privilege of leading our time together in God's word. I want you guys to know as we get going, I am well aware that the whole holiday season can be a mixed bag. On the one hand, there's time together and family and On the other hand, the holiday hustle is a real thing. And this time can just be exhausting. I understand that some of you had to go to great lengths to get your kids awake and dressed and here, okay? And I understand some of you had to go to great lengths to get your husbands awake and dressed and here. And I just want want you to know, no matter how you got here today, that we're glad you're here. I believe God has something for us. And so we're going to dive into this series, Is, Was, Is to Come, looking at what was proclaimed over Jesus the night of the first Christmas and who he very much still is to us today. We'll be in Luke chapter 2. If you like following along in a Bible or on your phone, that's welcomed. You can can do that as well here. And I'm going to take us in. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to ease into it together. Like I already said, sometimes just getting to church for a Christmas service can be a lot. So we got a couple things to do just to warm up. Okay, first of all, there's another group of us here who are in our overflow venue. Can we just welcome them and say, hey, we see you. We're glad you're here. There we go. We love you guys. All right. Okay, so additionally to warm up, everybody in here, everybody in our overflow, you got to participate. You got This is service number five of six for me, you guys. I don't even know where I am right now. So, so I'm going to need your help, okay? We're going to warm up with some Christmas this or that. So I'm going to show you some Christmas this or that options. And then I'll tell you when you can cheer or you can clap or you can woo to support your this or that option. And don't worry, if a pastor telling you to woo in church is your worst nightmare, you can just give a quiet thumbs up in Jesus' name, okay? That's acceptable, all right? So here we go. First one, Christmas this or that, okay? Real Christmas tree or fake Christmas tree. All right, let's see where we're at today, okay? Real tree people, would you make some noise for me? All right. My fake tree people, make some noise, let's see. Ooh, interest. Do you see the way the room changed right there? That was it. Interesting, all right, this is the easy one, okay? Okay, we got Christmas candy or Christmas cookies. All right, Christmas candy people, don't be shy, make some noise for me. There's too many people who have poked their tongue on a candy cane in this room right now, all right? Christmas cookies people, give it it to me. All right, excellent. Okay, this one, all right, this one, I'm not gonna lie, it's been a hot topic. If you've been around here for the last few weeks, uh, you'll know because of our other teaching pastors, Aaron and Jacob, that, that this is a tense subject here, and I'm hoping we can just put it to rest tonight, okay? So here it is. Christmas decor and music before Thanksgiving, is that right? Or you gotta wait until after Thanksgiving, okay? So, so where's, my, where's my before Thanksgiving people? Give it to me. That's okay. That's okay. All right, wait till after, people. Give it to me, all right? There we go. There we go. 
Well, the people have spoken. Aaron's in here right now. Like, yes, thank you, Lord. Okay, we did it. That's nice. Okay, okay. I knew this was going to happen. And so to, to make sure we don't have any more church division, I figured we play one more game. It's going to be Christmas finish that line. I'm going to show you a line from a famous Christmas movie. Then I'll say it and then I'll go say it with me. And if you know the line, finish the line with me. So in the movie Elf, Buddy the Elf taught us the best way to spread Christmas cheer is say it with me, singing loud for all to hear. Beautiful. My favorite movie of Christmas time is not Die Hard. It's actually Home Alone. And there's that scene when Kevin McAllister is there and he orders the pizza. He doesn't have money to pay for the pizza. And he plays that video of the mobster with the Tommy gun and he unloads that old clip and, he's da -da 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 and the pizza man goes running. And then the mobster says, keep the change, you filthy animal. That is the first time I've ever heard a church yell, you filthy animal in unison. This movie this one's near and dear to my heart. This is my dad's favorite movie, the movie It's a Wonderful Life. The whole town is distressed and George saves the day and saves Christmas for everyone and brings the town together. They're celebrating. He picks up his daughter, the bell rings and the daughter says, say it with me, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Very good. I end there because in our passage tonight, we're in Luke chapter two, and it begins with an angel announcing the birth of Christ. Verse eight reads, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. I hope to point out a few simple things to you from this passage to bring a little meaning to our time together. The first thing I want you to notice is God's great announcement first went to a group of shepherds. Now, this is fascinating because today the shepherds get their due, okay? If you have a nativity scene, they're all right there up front, Mary, Joseph, Jesus, the wise men, and the shepherds. If you ever had your kids dress up in bathrobes and do one of those Christmas performances, you see the shepherds right there in the mix. But in this day, when this first happened, people would have been shocked to find out that these shepherds were the first people on God's guest list. Why? Well, it wasn't because they were these horrible outcasts or known for their poor behavior. It's simply because the shepherds were some of the most forgettable people of their day. It's not like they had no class status. It was just beneath that. It was somebody you don't even think about. The Gen Z in the room would call these people NPCs, okay? And if you don't know what that means, just ask them on the drive home today. But suffice it to say, these were the kind of guys you just drive by and don't even think about. There are very few people who probably even knew they were in that field on that night. But God knew they were there. And he didn't go to those shepherds first because he was working through town from east to west and they happened to be the first people. He didn't go to those shepherds because they were the only folks up that late at night. He went to those shepherds because he was orchestrating every last detail of the first Christmas to make a point about this newborn savior. God chose those shepherds 
for his first Christmas announcement, he went to the no ones to communicate that Christmas is for everyone. If you don't hear me say anything else, hear me say the good news of Christmas is for everyone. I love the message paraphrase of this passage. It says, the angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. My friends, the good news of Christmas is for everyone. It's for the down and outs, the up and outs. It's for single people, married people, and divorced people. It's for insiders and outsiders, black, white, Asian, and Latino. The good news of Christmas is for the bent, broken, and bruised, the anxious, and the arrogant, people at the end of their rope, and people who let go of their rope long, long ago. And I hope you hear me say this tonight. The good news of Christmas is for you. Maybe this is your first time back at the church in a long time. Maybe it kind of felt weird walking through these doors because of some things that happened to you this year. Heck, maybe if you were honest, you'd say, I get God can help those people, but I'm not sure he can help me. My friends, no matter how you got here tonight, I hope you hear that the good news of Christmas is for you. God had you in mind on the first Christmas, and he has you in mind tonight. Now, at this point, you might be inclined to ask, well, Matt, what's that good news? We get it here in verse 11. The angel announces today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Do you realize this is a common verse around Christmas time, but these simple words are what separate Christianity from every other world religion. Every other world religion involves some teaching and a set of steps, and it says, you know what? If you get to work on these teachings and you work hard enough and you fix yourself up, maybe, just maybe, God will let you in. Do you realize our faith begins at the exact opposite place and says, you know what? There is no amount of work or toil you could do to fix yourself up and get your way up to God, but the good news of Christmas is God sent his son down to us. A savior was born. If you're new to the faith or looking for answers, I could explain it like this. Listen, I love Christmas decorations. I mean, I love a house that's cozy and warm and festive and well-decorated, but I hate Christmas decorations. Because every single year, it starts out like this. And you get this big tangled mess you have to fiddle with and undo and fix until you can actually enjoy it. Do you realize every religion in the world says, hey, here's your life. It's got some problems. Hey, get to work down there. Untangle this, fix that, clean this up, and maybe just maybe God will let you in. But Christianity says hey, you don't make it through this life without, without some hurt, some failure, some insecurity and fear, anxiety, depression, 
Wounds from people you thought you could trust. But the faith we believe and proclaim in Jesus' name says, you know what? You're never going to get this thing undone. But thank God he sent his son and he can fix your life in ways that you never could. And you can hand your life to him and find out what true life and freedom are all about. The good news of our faith, friends, is that a savior was born. And I tell you that to tell you maybe tonight God brought you here so this could be the night you give up on your attempts to rescue yourself and you hand your life to the only one who can save you. I tell you that to tell you if you're a longtime believer like myself, maybe just maybe, the holiday hustle, the rush and the busyness, the places you got to be and the people you got to please and the gifts you have to buy, they tend to lay this thick cloud over Christmas and maybe God brought you here tonight so that cloud could be parted and you could remember that our good news is that a savior was born to us on Christmas. The reason for our season is Jesus Christ himself. He is our good news. I love that as this angel proclaims the good news of Jesus Christ in verse 10, he says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I love that he mentions one of the gifts that God wants to bring into our lives is great joy. He doesn't want to just get you from negative seven back to even so you can shuffle along and wait till heaven gets here. Here and now, he wants to fill us with great joy. C.S. Lewis once said, joy is the serious business of heaven. I find that so relevant because there is so much weight and tension in our lives these days. There was a dad trying to make Christmas magical for his whole family and he was out doing that last minute shopping. He had a shopping cart and he took his toddler with him and the toddler didn't want to be there. So the toddler's doing what toddlers do and just screaming and wailing and pulling stuff off the shelves as they go by. But he wanted to get his daughter some gifts and he wanted everything to be just right for everyone. He's pushing that toddler and he's just saying, hey, it's okay, Albert. Albert, it's all right, Albert. Just breathe, Albert. You're going to be okay, Albert. Albert, we're, we're almost done, Albert. Don't scream, don't, don't freak out, Albert. Just, just relax, Albert. We're gonna be home soon, Albert. This woman sees him just working through this moment and she wants to be kind and encouraging and so she goes and she says, sir, I just want you to know, I, I, I just see what you're doing for this little kid and you're just speaking to this kid in the most amazing way and he looks back at the woman and he goes, you know what, thank you so much, dear ma'am. He's not Albert, I'm Albert. <laughs> And I think we can all feel like that dad sometimes. There is the weight and tension of being everything you're supposed to be and the weight and tension of doing everything you're supposed to do. And at Christmas, we remember that Jesus is the embodiment of great joy. Pastor, writer, theologian Tim Keller says, the joy which, of which the New Testament speaks of, of course, is happiness. But it's not... It's not the kind that is a fizziness or 
giddiness that goes away in the face of negative circumstances. It's more like the ballast that keeps a ship stable and upright in the water. I moved here from California about four months ago. And believe it or not, California is home to the hottest, lowest, driest place on earth. It's called Death Valley, California. But in the middle of Death Valley, there's this oasis. And no matter how hot or arid or nasty the weather is, this oasis stays green and full of life year-round. They looked into that and wondered what was going on, and they discovered that there's this giant underwater aquifer that feeds the oasis, no matter what the conditions are like. My friends, that's the kind of joy that Jesus wants to bring to your life. A joy that is with you in your heartache. A joy that is with you in your grief, your disappointment, your singleness, or your season of confusion. It is a joy that's not based on circumstance, but given to you by Jesus himself. Our passage goes on in verse 12. The angel says, this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to, to those on whom his favor rests. I love that they mention another one of the great gifts of Christmas. Peace. I don't know about you guys and I don't want to presume, but I imagine we could all use a little more peace in our life. See, I think so often we go reaching for peace, but what we really end up reaching for is escapism, and it never lasts. You go on the vacation, but you come back, and life is just as crazy. You pour the extra glass of wine, but it didn't really make anything better the next day. You go shopping online, but it doesn't change your life, because so often we reach for a peace that simply doesn't last. This is where Jesus brings us something better. In John 14, verse 27, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. And what he means for you and for me is that his peace is a lasting peace. It's not a Band-Aid or a quick, a quick fix. The Bible calls it a peace that transcends understanding. I think so many of us could relate to this. We've seen friends who are strong Christians or have a stable faith go through crisis. You watch them go through something just unimaginable and then they report back that although things were terrible, they had this feeling on the inside that everything was going to be okay. Often we look at them and we go, man, I could never do that. To, to that I say, yes, you could. Because when you give your life to the Prince of Peace, he fills you with a peace that simply transcends understanding. Last verse. Verse 15 says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. My friends, those shepherds understood something I hope you understand this evening. The gift of this newborn Savior was an invitation. 
Guys, I'm not going to lie. I love to party. I love throwing a good party. I love being at a good party, especially when there's prime rib. (laughs) And my love of parties has caused me to look up to and admire the playwriter, actor, and director, Mr. Tyler Perry. I thought I could throw a good party. I've got nothing on Mr. Perry. Recently, he threw a party, and instead of giving out invitations, he sent all of his guests iPads. They opened the iPads, and then all of a sudden, they played a video of Tyler Perry inviting them to the party. The gift was an invitation, and the invitation was a gift. And so it is with Jesus. My friends, tonight, the good news of our Savior, our joy, and our peace comes with an invitation. For some of you in the room, I just want to extend that invitation to reach out to him. You may not know this by looking at me, but I spent the first 18 years of my life running from Jesus. And when I could outrun him no longer, I prayed a prayer that changed everything for me. And I want to invite you to pray it. I simply said, Jesus, if you've got something you want to say to me, I'll listen. Oh, that's not everything there is to say between you and Jesus, but it's a great place to start. When I prayed that prayer, I learned when you give Jesus a shot at your heart, he never misses. And for those of us who are in the room or Jesus followers, there's an invitation. An invitation to step out of the Christmas fog of the expectation and the obligation and to remember that this day is about our Savior and our King and to draw near to Him and to find in Him what it is we really need. I love you guys. Merry Christmas.